0: Connection Podcast Network, welcome into the Wrestling War Zone, a Monday Wars podcast retrospective series, episode 112, with a play as well. Of course, that is myself, JT, and joining me as Ava is my partner, Chad. Chad, how are you?
1: 112, huh? That's we're making it. It's a long time. Name me another
0: 112 song, quick. Not only you, nothing. It's another good one. Anyway, here we are. We are a uh, big episode tonight because it's pay-per-view night. We are covering In Your House Final Four, 1997. It's been kind of a hectic stretch. Um, so I'd say since the Rumble for the Dota EF. We had a lot go on. Uh, we had Thursday Raw Thursday. We had Shawn Michaels getting hurt. Uh, you know, Nitro is is hot. So there's like a lot going on in the world of wrestling. And there's a lot of flux. Uh, Raw has gone to two hours. And the old dusty format is out the window. And things are changing uh, for sure, up in Stanford. Uh, but, Chad, anything you want to cover before we dive in?
1: Well, a little, I uh, mentioned I needed a little emergency dad cast uh, session as we start off. So, we're doing the travel baseball mm-hmm. um, this fall. And uh, I received my first public warning from the umpire. Nice. Welcome turtle. to the club, buddy. Good job. Uh, I mean,. The the balls and strikes have been atrocious, uh, th- throughout. Like I, I understand like they're pitching, so give them a little leeway. But it's like, what are you teaching? Like they're foot outside, they're called strikes. It's inconsistent. It's in the eyeballs. But so so you know, I've been groaning about that. But this wasn't even regards to that. So I was uh, sitting on the uh, the third base line. Ball comes uh, down the line, straight down the line, you know, a little roller. Uh, Caden's team was on defense. Third baseman picks the ball up. You can see the chalk, you know, spraying up. Picks up the ball, attacks third base for the force out. Uh, Umpire calls it a foul ball right there. I mean, looking straight, I mean, right at it and watching it roll straight down the line calls it a foul ball so so that got that got got me started you know that that got the oh that's brutal you know that's not even close so and and this this guy was one of these like like every strike was like you know (laughs) yeah yeah, so so he, he went foul ball and you know people were like oh you know from the crowd and he went foul ball and like did a very aggressive like foul so there we go. Like two uh Caden's team gets out of the end and now they're on offense. Uh guy hits a pop fly. Uh, you know, short right field, like uh, you know, on on the between the first baseman and the right fielder. Right fielder's charging up, first baseman's coming back, it drops. Now, I would say this was three feet. Four feet fair, like, very easily. The right fielder ends up fielding it. He fields it in fair territory. He throws it to second immediately. Um, You know, everybody's running around. It's a big play. This is a big momentum play. The score's seven to five at this point. Uh, He calls it foul. Now, the home plate umpire is the person that makes this call. There's also an umpire there's two umpires in these games there's another umpire that you know when there's a runner on base he's behind you know second base or whatever he said he didn't see it so i don't know what he was doing i mean it it was it was atrocious so so this was just awful so everybody was losing their mind at this and and it it's it's just it's one of those things it's like because even beyond all this crap, like then you get the two arguments that drive me nuts. One is well, this is a thankless job. I'm they an get auditor. paid, uh, they if, get paid. I'm out. Me, that, if they're getting paid, it's over. Yes. That's my second thing. So, first, it's a thankless job. I'm an auditor. How many times do you think I get thanked out on the job for? So, hey, I'm I'm there with you, buddy. Enough of this, this is a thankless job. Second the worst Even beyond that though is when they say Like they try to make it Into like you're a crappy Father right. where they say like Oh is this how you want to raise your children To You know it's like Do you know what I want to raise my kid not to be An Shitty idiot. at his job yeah, yeah I mean like this is a Paid position like These yeah. these Joe blows at the wreck That are not paid like at our all rec- right
0: It's fucking awful. It yeah, is if it's a volunteer awful. position, I, get, I always say the it's same mo- thing. I'm like, listen, if you're accepting cash for this role, you are being paid to do the job that you're supposed to do. To me, if you're doing it for free or you're volunteering, yeah. then I think it's hands off. Okay, I get it. Yeah. But like, if you're paid and you're hired and you have no you know, real recourse, it is what it is. I mean, We actually had a very similar scenario recently at a travel softball game. It, for the we do like exhibition games and then we have like tournament tournament games for the travel team. So for exhibition games, we get one ump. Double header. We had one ump in the first game, he was fine. Then I turn to the right of me and I see like there's like five umps conveyed in the in this field. And I'm like, wow, at like least we get a crew for the second game. So they can walk it over. And one of the umps comes over to our coach and she's like, Listen, uh, we have a trainee today. Trainee's gonna do the game because we gotta we're training a new ump. This fucking lady, man, she must have been yeah. in her 50s, probably. She gets behind. I don't think she'd ever seen a baseball game. She is calling uh, a girl swung and missed, and she called it a ball. She swung and missed and called it a ball. No clue. The pitchers were coming in. And now this is softball, right? Now I get it. Like a girl on our team throws 50 ish, which is pretty fast for softball at that distance. She's ducking out of the way where she's not even seeing the pitches. And I'm like, I'm losing my mind because I'm like, yes, yeah, so the game doesn't really matter. It's an exhibition game. But like, we've had a lot of rain outs. So like the girls don't get a lot of time to play games. And it's like, this is such a waste of time because she's calling strikes up here. Like it's, it goes against all the development you work on. I'm like, it's a, you're, you're, so what do you do? Okay, swing at everything today. Like you spend all this time teaching them what to swing at, where to swing. Yeah. And again, like I get it it's just softball but no this is like these girls spend a lot of time spend a lot of money on it just like you you know you're going yeah. through it's like they put a lot of work into this the coaches you know, put a ton it's of an work investment all yeah. are in. the yeah, coaches I mean, put put a lot of free time into this and it's like to go there and with no heads up just have a trainee ump show up and like just call and like she had an ump auditing her behind her like oh you know helping her i'm like why can't she overrule her in the moment to at least bring some normalcy to the game? Like, if the ball, I see if it's close, but she's calling strikes over their heads. She was just guessing. Yeah. It was, it was, it was
1: ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's really hideous. I would say in most of the tournaments I'm at, there's three or four games going on, two umpires per game. There's, there's probably like one, maybe two good umpires. I mean, they, even before like the you know, so so I had to take a you know I had to take a deep breath and recover and pace around outside. I mean like I, I literally get like I, I had to I went to bed Sunday when we got home because I'm in the sun all day. It's just you know you 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 it gives me uh you know almost a cardiac arrest out there because it's absurd. I mean, even before that happened, there was a runner on second, uh no runner on first in a previous game. Ball goes to goes to the third baseman. He steps on the bag. Umpire calls him out. I'm like, it's not a force. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's and like and then, I mean, it's just like I mean, come on, man. And then and then he was like, well, I forgot it wasn't a force. So he this is listen. This, this is what you need to do. You was... need to you need to get on a podcast with Senior
0: Cowboy Senior. Oh who's who's a, and, and take your abuse out on him because that's what I do. Uh, at Friars games, I guess to so him out at the refs. I'm like take. I'm like you're a ref. You're as bad as them. I'm going to take it out on you. And I'll just start yelling it, like yelling it. So he hear it like all officials suck all referees are so bad and i'm like you just going to get all your venom out of him oh, it'll man. make
1: me feel a lot better that I, I i still i still could not fathom like again you could see the chalk flying on the first one and he was like 40 feet from it but i cannot i cannot fathom how he called that pop fly foul like it was yeah not close like again again five feet is a conservative amount that ball was fair well and like i was talking to the coach's husband about it and he's like you know
0: well they got to train them it'll help us in the long run i'm like this is doing nothing no because she is like if she's not getting corrected in the moment she's not learning anything she's just calling whatever she wants and you're not and what broke everyone was when she called the the swing of ball. I mean, yeah, that's that was cool. like. I mean, you swung. How is that a ball? Because she didn't see it. She's ducking. It's like no clue. No. So the clue. umpire was ducking because the, the umpire was ducking as the pitchers were coming in. Oh she, my she god! Get, she's got all the gear on. She's not throwing ninety-five miles an hour. I get it's coming quick because it's only forty feet and it's coming. Randy to 50. Johnson out there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like I said, our pitcher's pretty good. Like she throws. Pretty oh, here fast. we go. Fifty at, at that age. Yeah, oh, oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Fifty at forty right. feet. Fifty at forty feet. From
1: from um, one phenom on the softball team to another phenom that we're gonna talk about tonight.
0: Let's see. I'm trying to see what that's the equivalent of. Um, uh that's
1: pretty, yeah, it's probably it's forty
0: feet. Forty feet she throws fifty. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not know i am not good at math. You're the math guy. Yeah, no. That's the equivalent of. I think it's pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that brings an end to our baseball session.
1: Should we start, start that <laughs> again too? Oh man, I've been all steaming right. for two days. Anyway. I know. I know. You warned me like days ago that you were. That oh, we're. Man, I mean, more we're more at the, the end of the season. it had been building. Yeah, and, it's you know, like break. you, you can tell, like all the parrots were just done. Once yeah. he called that, like he he basically said, if I he pointed to like four of us and said, fire another word from you, 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 <laughs> you're out. Love it. <laughs> Love it. It's, it's like oh, give me a break. We have to sign a contract this season
0: to like <laughs> that we won't. We're not going to say anything. So I just, I just I DJ those games. So I just keep my mouth shut. And play oh, the music. I know. Play I know. the music. Right. Um. All right. Listen, in your house, Final Four. That's where we're at tonight. Uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Not Chattanooga, but Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. February seventeenth, ninety-seven. I believe is the date. Am I right off on that by right day? Sixteenth. Yeah. Um. Any notes or news that you want to hit before we dive into this? No, boy? I
1: think I mean. Uh, so uh, I did read the Torch. Uh torch number 428 which was a packed torch that deals with the thursday raw thursday this show and the the raw of the next night so there's a, there's a lot going on in that torch but um i won't read it but you know i've been putting over uh keller's editorials mm-hmm. i thought he had a pretty good one again on the sean michaels decision uh, it's it's worth checking out if you if you have a torch subscription to read that again. That's torch number four twenty eight. Oh, uh, we yeah, we, got uh, way, we got we got Marcus in the green room. Yeah, here was going to say
0: so. Baseball conversion to that is seventy six <laughs> miles an hour. That's that's pretty good for eleven years old.
1: Right? Yeah, yeah. Tim Wakefield on your team there. Yeah,
0: throwing, throwing at that age is pretty good. Throwing uh, the gas. Yeah, throwing the heat. Give the old. Uh, Number 1. Yeah. So, uh anyway, I I mean, we kind of talked about this previously, but I would think to date in history is this like the craziest week in of history?
1: Uh to this hmm. point. Well, I mean like with the steroid trial. Yeah, but like a one week like I mean, I mean there's a lot going on. It's it I would say I mean e- it it's easier for in my brain capacity to think about like from this podcast, mm-hmm. and I do think from the inception of this podcast, this is the most kind of chaotic week with stuff going on.
0: Yeah, um, it's going to be up there. I mean, maybe because nothing else is so live as this is. Like, there's never any yeah. other big live shows. Yeah, that, that's that's one that, thing where
1: they have more. Yeah, they actually have shows going on. Right. like um, WrestleMania
0: 3 is crazy but then it's quiet around it. You know what I mean like stuff like that. So yeah, uh, maybe the main event with the Hogan Andre, but even that like there's nothing else really Yeah, near. I was
1: thinking like when Warrior and Bulldog get fired in 92. Yeah, that... there's that week where Savage
0: picks perfect and then Survivor Series. So that that could be one. That's that's yeah. a good one. Maybe Survivor Series 91 and 2 Texas uh this Tuesday. Yeah, weekend. that's
1: that's a that's a pretty weird week
0: overall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is up there for sure. Yep. Um, All right, let's get into the show then. We start with a video package focused on the importance of being Dirty F champion because we have a Final Four match tonight and the title is on the line. And that brings us to our opening match, which features Mark Merrill, the wild man, taking on Leaf Cassidy. Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler welcome us into Chattanooga. No Vince McMahon tonight.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I made a note on that. I mean, I think a lot of things from just like the changing of the promotion and the aesthetics with uh you know, just Vince. I mean not Vince, just Jr. and King on commentary. Um, to me, this really feels like a show that will be like a pay per view yeah. we'll be getting years and years, you know, like right. like you probably could have slid this show into ninety eight and it wouldn't have felt that out of place. Yeah. And I think this is the first show that kind of feels like that. Um, so so it was it was neat from that aspect.
0: I would agree. I mean, it's really over the next month that we get to that formula, anyway, with Russo gaining power, the Raw going live, uh, the Attitude stuff really kicking up. So yeah, we're we're getting there. Um, all right, Merrow has a goatee, <laughs> so clearly uh, we've been talking about a pending heel turn for him. But we've seen him had his issues with Rocky Maivia and Shotgun, so uh, he's been very defensive over Sable. So it definitely looks like they got something cooking for him. uh Leaf is already in the ring. He slaps Mero around to start. Merrow fires back, runs through some offense, goes to the arm. JR talks about Mero always taking chances. He tries to hit a home run, and King says, look at that. Did for Shawn Michaels. He's in the hospital now. Mero drives Leaf to the floor. Ross is noting Mero's newfound aggression. Leaf pulls Mero down, rams his knee to the post. Sable gets involved, allows Mero to hit an axe handle off the apron. Mero slugs away, nails Leaf with a sling shot leg drop for two. Leaf survives some kicks, drop kicks at the knee twice. to Take over, wrenches on the knee, twists it into a leg lace. A lot of strikes and wrenching. Uh, Merrow's writhing in pain, the crowd trying to rally him. He slugs back into things with a grazing and gets a roll up for two. Leaf hits a shin breaker, goes back to work with a figure four. Sable again ties up Leaf. Leaf grabs her, but Merrow meets him with a plancha. Back inside, Merrow slings Leaf hard to the buckle, hits a Samoan drop, and buries him with a wild thing to pick up the win. Uh, I think it's solid. There's some awkward spots. It's a very simple story. A lot of mat work with leaf work in the leg. Uh, Mero showing those shades of aggression. You can kind of feel the heel turn coming. Sable, uh, <laughs> I like how her getting edgy is wearing sunglasses all the time. Uh, but she's also getting more involved. Like she's been doing this on on TV and here now. Mm-hmm. Um, I like leaf in this role. Like he's fine as the heater on these shows. Uh, but a good little opener. A very rare clean win for Mero. I went two and three quarters. I want you take on the match but then I, I want to talk about Marrow for a minute.
1: Okay, yeah, I, I went two and a half. I thought this was uh it was an interesting match where it's like they got enough time and it's two guys that you know are not bad. Like we we we've talked a lot about Marrow and we'll continue. Uh Leaf is always somebody I'm a little bit perplexed about because I mean I you know I wasn't online around this time and but you, but you still read stuff from that era and he, he had like a lot of hype behind him and he was you know, in that Benoit yeah, of like guys that were like well hyped. He's, he's just always somebody that, you know, I, I kind of get it. Cause he, he does show some athleticism. He can do some power moves. Like he, I guess he can have some great matches like versus Benoit. At, uh, what is that? Like return of the funker or whatever or double yeah, tables yeah. one of those I think it's double um, Tables. yeah but um but but it, it it just seems like a lot of times it's it's always well it's solid but it's not great I, I thought that was here like i thought i thought everything here was fine like it it he was the fulcrum for the match what he needed to be uh you know the match wasn't really about him so he stayed out of the way he didn't hinder it um but but again it was it wasn't Great. Like it was just, it was just fine. And the development with Marrow and Sable uh is much needed and interesting. But, but again, we're, we're still trying to, this match felt like they were trying to see, like, how much are we going to do that aggression? Like, are we still going right. to, because Marrow works as a face in peril to a degree with the leg work and then, He's he's off of that, so it's it's a little bit back and forth, a little uh, wonky in that regard. So, solid <laughs> enough, but two and a half.
0: This reminded me a lot of the Leaf Flash Funk match in that the yeah. legend of it is like better than the matches were. Like I think because we were so starved for this kind of athlete, like athletic, perceived athletic action in WWF at this time. Like, those are matches that you hear about later, like, oh, yeah, Mero and, and Leaf, or, yeah, Leaf and Flash Funk had a really great match on paper. You know, it's almost like Hakushi went to Kid. Like, there's a lot in this era that, like, at the time felt much better than when you go back in retrospect because you realize, okay, we were probably just excited for, for that in WWF yeah. at that time. Um, but these two really have, like, a parallel vibe to me.
1: Yeah, I think... They- we could talk about that cuz i do want when we recap the show as a whole i thought the the uh, the reader reviews in the torch mm-hmm. were especially interesting just kind of the rhetoric overall that we talked about with wwf at the time where even you know compared to wcw like they're they're certainly gaining momentum but you like with those sold out reviews, like people were saying, like, "Well, you know, WWF's been right, far right. better." It's like, what, what, are, what are you watching? And I think yeah. you get that here with some of these matches. Like, if you were still a WWF centric fan at the time, it was easy to inflate this stuff. Oh, yeah. But if you look at it as a whole, um, you know, like Meltzer gives us a star and a half, Keller gives it two and a quarter, so they're even lower than us. Um, I mean, again, I think it's fine, but yeah, in, in the in the scheme of 1997 Worldwide Wrestling. Um, if, if you're watching everything in totality, it's 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 not much more than you know a fine enough opener.
0: So this is ostensibly the end of Mero's first stretch with the company. He he goes yeah. on the shelf almost right after this. I think he might have a TV match after this, but I don't know if we see him again um, for a while. I, I think and he's gone for a while. I don't think we see him again till November, honestly. Um, so he's been here about a year. And, I mean, actually, uh, he's on the, he's on Raw the next night. So oh, okay. He is on Raw the next night. And then I think he's done. But, I mean, I guess uh, we can talk about it briefly or we can save it. But, I'll, I'll just say, like, his first year is super disappointing. I mean, it's a guy that never got out of the mud. He got saddled with that Hunter-Hurselmsey feud that he just never got out of. He took beatings to all the way down the final stretch. Yeah. His one little blip was winning the IC title. He got screwed by perfect right away. Like, he really just never never got going. I would say it's incredibly disappointing, and it seems like they were finally going to make him interesting, and if, you know, you I would say it's a rumor, but also if you read the tea leaves at the time, um, it felt like Mero beating Rocky at Mania was the path that they were Mm -hmm. headed to win the IC title as a heel, um, which I think could have been interesting, but, you know, he ends up obviously going down with the knee injury and missing some time, so
1: um, we can talk more about him on Raw, I guess, but any quick thoughts about that? Yeah, I think, um, as, as we chronicled, he's someone that was hindered a bit by booking. Um, I mean, the wild man character we talked about was lame. Um, didn't really mean anything. And then uh, he's been cupped a lot in his booking, uh-huh. uh, especially with the hunter feud. But he's, he's also someone that it feels like he gave... In some ways, uh, you know, a decent enough performance, but nothing to like yeah. break that mold. It's he, he's he's very interesting to track, even though watching him is not very interesting at all. It's one of those like he's he's uh better to analyze in retrospect, like where he was booked, how he performed, yeah, than sitting and watching the matches, where you just thought like with his development in WCW from when he came on the scene. It was like, oh, a constant sense of progression. Like, oh, you know, like in '91 he sucks. '92, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some glimmers of hope. '93, all right, he's he's decent. '94, hey, he's putting things really together. good. Yeah. '95, it's like, oh, this is a really now he's a good wrestler that can have great matches at points and. And then so him jumping to WWF, it's like, all right. like, it felt like
0: a big pickup when he showed up at mm-hmm. WrestleMania. I remember just even back in 96 being like, oh, shit. All right, here we go. Like, this, is, this is a good addition. But he, yeah. to me, he encapsulates the whole year of Raw in 96. Like, the potential's there, but for whatever reason, I don't know if it's the style, the format, did not allow them to level up. And that goes for Owen Hart, right? It goes for like Goldoss. Like there's a bunch of guys in that category that you, we talked about ad nauseum how is this match not better? How is this match not better? How is yeah. it like, like they have a bunch of guys and it is never, you know, outside not like Mick Foley and Steve Austin. They never really level up.
1: Yeah. I want to read this quote from Bruce Mitchell. He gave a pretty awful review of the show, but he had one good nugget. And I think it encapsulates that. Uh, let me see. Where was it at? It, it was, it was very good. I, I want to give it, it's due. Uh, oh man, I can't find it. Basically, it said that you know when was the last time the WWF had matches on paper? Oh, not actually. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, Bruce Mitchell it was our good friend JDW John Williams. Uh, but it but it says like when was the last time WWF had matches on paper that were better than they looked going in? Yeah. Or even as good as they looked on paper, so I, mean, I think so,
0: Undertaker, Mankind probably yeah.
1: exceeded. I, I would say that probably exceeded
0: um, yeah. at least initially because Undertaker hadn't really done that prior. But beyond that, yeah, I would agree. I, I don't. I don't think there's many, if any, um, yeah. that really. Maybe I mean Austin Brett. Probably not thinking four and a half five maybe you're thinking yeah he
1: he does give the caveat of uh here's the exact quote when's the last time a wwf pay-per-view undercard match was better than it looked on paper how about simply being as good as it looked on paper yeah undercard is a good oh undercard is a good caveat i I think he's spot on
0: all right uh honky-tonk man heads to the ring jim Uh. ross takes us back to thursday raw thursday we revisit (laughs) all of Shawn michael's speech Uh, Where he gives up the world title and Gorilla Monsoon announces that it's on the line tonight. Uh, Our boy Kevin Kelly's with Psycho Sid. He's hyped for his big title shot tomorrow night, and I don't don't know where hockey went. (laughs) He's just gone when they come back. Well,
1: and I mean, how long? I I mean, I know where this is going, but it's like, good God, how long did they drag this out? And months to go, buddy. And I know, and and I'm blaming this show on my stupid computer's algorithm because I. Shit, you night. Know, I watched this show and I opened up Facebook. What's the first thing I see recommended for me is honky tonk in 2023 talking about the Comic Con circuit and he's looking for 2024 dates. And there it's you go, him, him standing in front of his, you know, 1987 honky tonk man picture. Uh, with his, I mean, honky tonk's man's hairstyle is wild right now. Have you, should, one? uh, yeah, he's I, seen have, it. Seen it. Yes, I have seen
0: it. Yes, I have seen it. He wow. should have consulted Grooney about the con uh, circuit and see, see circuit. where the best spots to go. He
1: was just like, I cannot escape this idiot. Like in 1997 and 2023, <laughs> he's still around. He, um, <laughs> I'm guessing he probably
0: just fucked with the crowd while the they were showing the Sean video package. He must have been yeah. like, cutting a promo or singing. Or yeah, because the they do show yeah.
1: almost all of Sean's promo. Yeah, which I'm
0: I'm okay with. Like, I'm not normally a big fan of eating that much pay per view time, but this was like a big angle. A lot of people may not have seen it on Thursday because it's such a different night for Raw. This is only a few days later, so I kind of am okay with them, like using because it does set up the main event as well. So, like, I don't know if we needed the whole thing, but I'm not gonna complain too much because if you didn't see Thursday or Thursday, you may be confused. Like, it's a it's a pretty big moment. So,
1: yeah. Um, One more quick side note: Did you see uh, Lawler's? Gray goatee, yes, is completely docked.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's quite <laughs> what a look. look! What a look! Love yeah, it's it. like he saw JRs and he's like, I want that. He yeah. don't look creepy enough. Uh, 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 all right, <laughs> six man tag action up next. A very unique match, as the Nation of Domination Farouk, wow. Savio Vega, and Crush the work rate <laughs> Marvels take on Flash Funk, Bart Cutting Goldust. Um, uh, I get why Goldust is in this match, right? But I, I will say um, it felt like a real deep push for him. Like this this yeah. screamed rugged Ronnie Garvin and Pez Watley against, you <laughs> yeah. know, uh, the Har Foundation or whatever on, on Superstars, right? Like Twin Towers. Yeah. It feels, it real has big vibes of having the star with Firebreaker Chip. You know what I mean? Like, like you kind of, like, why is Goldust, who's like in the middle of the IC title push, he's got this whole thing going with Hunter and he's teaming with these two jabrons against the nation. Like to me, this should have been, the pug like who the hell else
1: is still around it had to be someone
0: that could have shoved in this match well, with these guys
1: yeah they, i mean to me they were kind of grasping for straws with this baby face because i mean with our recording schedule when when bart gunn came out there i was like have we seen him since the billy gunn match and then they show this match versus clips of him versus farouk uh but that was the january 20th raw so yeah. that's that's a month ago. That was his last match. I looked on Cage Match, so I don't know if he was banged up or what. But there's been nothing of that. He gets beat by Farouk with the Dominator, and now all of a sudden he's in this pay per view six man. So you could tell he was kind of just like a warm body they threw out there too to complete. Well, the, the whole show fight. gets
0: weird. Like so, I don't know if this was supposed to be. I don't know. Maybe Rocky was in this spot originally because Ahmed was supposed to fight Hunter yeah um, before the title change so i don't maybe it was going to be hunter ahmed and then rocky with these three guys instead of gold us but maybe
1: where ahmed was this show at all no so he's just hanging out yeah <laughs> so and the whole thing is weird it's,
0: it's this card definitely feels like they had a shuffle last minute yeah. i don't know maybe one of our jonathan black or one of our other loyalists mm-hmm. can uh throw some comments in here let us know was there was this always the plan this match or was it kind of Oh, hammered this, out of something else. Because
1: yeah. you know? even like on the Savio side, like he's a heel now, right. but he's been a heel for a couple of weeks and they've they developed no really feuds for him. No. Well, um,
0: Ahmed, he turned
1: on, but Ahmed's well, am Yeah, true. I mean, yeah, Ahmed's, right. Ahmed's fighting everybody in the nation. Yeah, so. so.
0: All right, Flash Funk is out the funk Uh We get a full routine in the ring. The announcer's like, <laughs> it's quite the spotlight uh, randomly on yeah. Flash Funk. I, it's like was, a whole thing. I was pro this. The fuck ads yeah, were <laughs> getting down. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, getting booked on your cruises. Bark Gun is out next. He followed by Gold Dust and Marlena. Uh, The whole nation comes down through the stands, which I thought looked kind of cool. Quite the spectacle on that entrance. Farouk grabs a mic. uh, Goldust attacks him before he could talk, which was fantastic. All six (laughs) guys start brawling until Funk hits a big dive off the top to the floor to everybody. We settle back into Farouk and Goldust resetting with strikes. Funk tags in, but Farouk blocks a Rana with a spine buster. Savio gets a tag. Funk recovers, hits the top rope Rana. Uh, Funk knocks Savio to the floor and then Bart launches him over the top into all of the nation, but Crush and Savio catch him, and Farouk slugs him down. Back of the ring, Savio and Crush take turns working Funk over with some basic strike offense. Farouk comes in, slaps him around, sits on his back a couple times, talks some shit. On the third one, Funk gets the knees up. I was I thought we were getting the helm. Uh, please, no. But, yeah. Whoa, no,
1: yeah. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Savio attacks in. He keeps Funk trapped. Crush uh, comes in. They hit a spike pile driver for two. Flash counters a Savio and Farouk double clothesline, takes out both guys. He tags in Bart, who cleans house to a pop, gets two at a power slam on Farouk. All six men head in. They brawl. Bart gets a top row bulldog on Farouk, but the ref is tied up and crush attacks with a leg drop, and Farouk rolls over for the win. Uh, (laughs) Maybe this was better than it was on paper, JDW. Uh, I thought it it was fast pace. I didn't mind it. Um, Flash had looked better than he has in a while. He was really the highlight. He got he got the yeah. whole match. So I don't know if they were getting antsy to repush him again, um, because he gets a full spotlight throughout all this. And yeah. Nation was pretty limited uh, in their spots. I thought Bart had some good fire. A complete waste of gold dust. He doesn't even get in the fucking match. Like, he's standing there the whole time. So uh, the Nation is rolling. I went two and three quarters. That was just as good oh. as the um, What I didn't get, though, was like, why not just do a tag? And not have, like, why is Goldust here if he's not even going to be in the match? So why not just do, if you can't find a third bum to stick in the match, why not just do Bart and Flash against Crush and Savio? I mean, Farouk at ringside. Like, that's just fine, too. It's just, my, my biggest takeaway from this was the odd usage of Goldust to position him on that level with those guys and then not even get in the ring. Like, it was just weird. It's a, Someone else was supposed to be there that didn't show up or something because it felt like a real last-minute because the angle with Marlena isn't even here. It's it's late it's like different spots. So it's like why are we it really felt like a last minute plug-in.
1: Yeah. Um I mean I, I just gave this to gentlemen's too. I um I, I felt like a raw match to me. It was okay. I did I didn't take many highlights. I I did think Flash with his high uh aerial moves looked good. Mm-hmm. Um, he showed some flesh. No no pun intended. And um, I agree. Goldust was an odd choice. Um, it, it was one of those things. It was a thrown together six man. You knew what the end result would be. Um, the fact that it wasn't clean at the end, I guess, was expected, but yeah, it, was, it was like, I don't know. Like Probably could have had Bart job clean to the nation members i don't think that would. well
0: it's almost like they don't even do it to protect Bart. it's more they want to show that the nation like is just cheap and works in numbers and like they'll just do whatever they win, right that's kind of the thing it's a poor man's nwo horseman at this point a homeless man's um i think that's the vibe they go for though that they'll do anything to win
1: yeah uh did you see the huge when they were coming out of the entrance the big like uh And one of those like printer paper lettering the W C W fears E C F and W. It was like like ten people were holding up that sign with the little print. It was it was that was prominent. That was cool. You think it was? Um, uh, You think it was planted? I don't. No, I don't think so. Because I think again, like it was, it it would took a coordinated effort. There was quite a few people that had to hold that puppy up. So
0: yeah, cool. They showed it because I mean. The ECW stuff's coming for us soon. Yeah, so.
1: yeah. Just made note. But, yeah, I mean, this, to me, it was a throwaway six, man. That's
0: yeah. what it was. All right, Steve Austin's backstage with Doc Hendricks. Doc says Austin has no clear-cut victories over any of them. And Austin says, what are you talking about? I threw all of them out of the rumble. Uh, and he calls Doc <laughs> a jackass. Austin shits on Gorilla and the lack of instant replay. But the politics have held him back and promises a win tonight. So I, this is right up par with the usual Austin type of stuff. I thought it was pretty good
1: yeah i liked it i mean it's one of those things where he has an edge but he's actually making points that are true like he's like well last time i checked we don't have instant replays like yeah i mean they really don't so he kind of has a case that they sort of just willy-nilly like vacated his royal rumble win or whatever um kind of right so i liked it him versus docs a pretty cool
0: yeah
1: uh interaction too just with like The way Michael Hayes was as a free bird, and like circa 1983, he had kind of that same edge too in that time. So,
0: so. well, it's cool too with him and Gorilla being rivals because I mean, we're at the tail end of Gorilla, like, you don't really Mm -hmm. picture him a lot in the Attitude Era, but he's really like a main Austin foil early in the year, um, as the authority figure before Vince gets ratcheted up later in the year, so it's. And Slaughter comes in later, too. But you really don't think of Gorilla as, like, a rounder in this time. But him and Austin's been pretty fun back and forth as well. Right. All right. To the ring we go for our Intercontinental title match. as Rocky Maivia. Suddenly, our new champion defends against Hunter Hearst Helmsley. We get clips from Thursday or Thursday where Rocky pulled the upset. He jogs out. Uh, they start by trading some holes, easing in. And, of course, this is our first ever uh, it's our second ever Hunter versus Rocky match, but our first ever pay-per-view between the two of them. So pretty cool again. Uh, Hunter tries to mess with Rocky just like he did on Thursday, slapping him around. Rocky heats up into a flurry with an arm bar. Hunter slugs back and chops away in the corner. Rocky takes him down and works the arm some more. Hunter throws Rocky to the floor, keeps him there. He tries to get back in. Rocky comes back. Hunter slingshots him into the bottom rope. It's a suplex and into a chin lock. Ross and King are bickering about the officiating as Hunter cranks away. Rocky tries to rally, but Hunter hits a high knee. JR puts over Rocky's resilience again. He comes back with a small package for two, but Hunter stomps and keeps control, hitting a backbreaker and going to the chin lock. Rocky fights up and breaks the hold, gets a crossbody for two, but whiffs on a drop kick. Hunter misses a knee drop, and then Rocky blocks a kick, but Hunter clotheslines him hard to the mat. Rocky comes back with some punches uh, as Hunter comes off the top. Rocky rallies, strikes, and shoots Hunter hard to the corner. Rocky gets a power slam for two, heads up top with a high cross body for two. He hammers away in the corner, but Hunter walks out and hot shots him on the top buckle for two. Rocky comes right back with a DDT, but he drops his head, and Hunter hits a facebreaker and a neckbreaker. Out comes Goldust to distract Hunter as Rocky gets a bridging German and gets the win to retain his title yet again, uh, thanks to an assist from Goldust, so he will rain on. It wasn't just a three-day blip looks like they're going to try and establish him as champion. Out comes Marlena to join Goldust. They stare down with Hunter. And at this point, you know what's about to come. As Goldust gets toward the ring, that huge woman uh, pops up from the crowd and chokes out Marlena until security takes her away. Goldust cradles Marlena. King is cracking jokes, uh, which I thought was a little rough, not really selling the moment. JR plays it off like it was a fan. Uh, So a pretty wild moment here as this uh, monstrous woman comes out and, and wrecks Marlena. Uh, pretty famous moment. And again, this tells me that Goldust was not supposed to be in the match. Was, why wouldn't you do it? Like, like why is he back out here again to do this? Yeah. Um. I like this. The chemistry is clearly on display. A little bit of a slower pace, but it told a story. Uh, some of Hunter's best work has been in this little feud with Rocky, like where he's trying to carry him versus trying to amp things up. Um, had focus offense, had good comebacks from Rocky. Uh, you know, Hunter drove the match, uh, Rocky being booked around being resilient and finding a way to win. I like that it's starting to work. It's making it seem legitimate instead of just a fluke. Um, and I this is a pretty interesting post-match issue. We'll see where it goes as Hunter uh, perhaps has some new muscle with uh, Butler Curtis out of the way. So mm-hmm. I went three stars on this, Chad, which I think is probably pretty much in line with Thursday or Thursday.
1: Yeah, that's a uh, slight below... Thursday Raw Thursday two three quarters. I thought there was a more focused on the body work on the Thursday Raw Thursday match, so I liked it a little better. Um, I uh, hadn't commented on it so far, and I think they're good for the main event. But I think up to the main event, the crowd sucks at mm. this show, and it really hurt this match. Um, this we talked about it on Thursday Raw Thursday how the how in to, uh Rocky winning the. The uh, worst, worst uh, I always want to say Worcester sire. Uh, the Worcester crowd. Worcester, uh, Worcester Worcester. Worcester. Crowd, Worcester, Worcester. Let me try like Ryan Gray. Worcester, Worcester, Worcester. 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 Uh, the uh, the Worcester crowd was into uh, Rocky via and here this, this this felt like probably the the worst response he's gotten in any show we've seen. Yeah. Um they they didn't seem too enthused with him. Uh, but they weren't too enthused with much again up to the main event. Uh yeah, Hunter's work was fine. King had a weird—he—he—I he, think he wants to put Rocky over, but the way he does, it's a little odd. Um, you know, with his Memphis development, mm-hmm. I think he wants to help, but but he keeps making fun of his haircut, saying he gets his haircut at a pet store, <laughs> like just some like, you know, your typical King comedy comments that don't really help. Um. Yeah finish i thought was again um it was all right like like gold us coming out felt odd uh i don't know i i I did think it made rocky look very strong (laughs) Like, like i mean well i
0: think the commentary and him hanging around is is where the strength comes in for him that like he takes a beating and hangs in, hangs in, hangs in. Yeah. He got an assist. He has a rookie. He's, he's he's young. Um, But I don't think it's been presented like a fluke. Like, I don't think it's been like, this. there's a, we're going to get to it in the next few weeks on the show, but there's a mimic of this on on nitro that we'll be covering that to me feels much more like a fluke than this. Like I think Rocky has been positioned as a blue chip athlete, as a third generation star. Like he's had build to this point to make you think like, okay, Maybe he won a little earlier than you would think. Maybe he's ahead of schedule. But that said, like, he's going to grow into it. Whereas on the WCW side, we'll get to, to me, always felt like this dude came out of nowhere and feels very fluky. And he's not that good. Uh,
1: And then getting to the post-match stuff, um, I I do think watching the Jacqueline stuff first, I actually heard this a little bit on Impact. Like, I couldn't remember if it happened actually in the match or afterwards. Um, so it happens afterwards. JR immediately asks, Is that a woman? <laughs> like when she again, Yeah, like really. Head. Um, mm-hmm. and then the way King played it up like like uh China locks in a real tight mm-hmm. chin lock, like chokehold, so that looks good. Um, and she looks menacing. Like I mean you can see the definition in, in her muscles and she looks, you know, imposing. Um, as she chokes out Marlena, but the the way like Jackie jumped the railing and like it yeah. was really like picking up and flailing, um, I, I thought that had some impact. So so it's kind of funny like with this going on with the Rocky Mountain title change and then the next title change that mm-hmm. is completely mimicked on Nitro side, and then with both Jacqueline debuting in China, um, it's 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 fun how like all this is kind of interacting yeah. with each other. Um, but but yeah, I I, I kind of give the edge to Jacqueline, which I wouldn't have thought. Like, I mean, I think obviously like influence eventually is gonna turn obviously the other way, but yeah. but just on an initial debut, um I'd give the edge to Jacqueline, which I was surprised about. But but it's I mean this is a big debut for us. This is somebody that'll be with us. Oh yeah. Uh until the end of the podcast because she I mean we our podcast really uh, ebbs and flows with china's career because mm. she's, she's gone um after may of 2001 so if we make it to if <laughs> we when, to we make, when we make it i know when i you get, get mad when we make it to wrestlemania 17 uh, you know that'll be like one of her last big standouts well, that was cool yeah and then we'll pick it up with Nation of Asian. And Uh, yeah. uh and, and, and I'll just say, like, Keller, nobody, like, they mention, obviously, but there's no, like, hey, this is who this is. I don't know if Meltzer did. I didn't look at the Observer, but there's no, like, hey, this is Joni lore who, you know, blah, 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 or whatever. Like, they just say, like, a female bodyguard is kind of how she's described right. we'll see
0: too if this finally gets hunter over I mean, he's been through perfect he's been through hughes like yeah, is this going to finally get him get him going you know
1: yeah he's, he's always somebody they want to pair with someone yeah which yeah
0: well i don't know if they have much faith in him as a talker this one i don't know i don't know but we'll see this is obviously the key that unlocks it so yeah. Um, all right. Kevin is back with Vader and Paul Bearer. Vader is pretty reserved. He issues warnings to his opponents. Calls Austin ga- a gator butt.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was a little, a little tiki, uh <laughs> Yeah, not Vader's best work <laughs> uh, for sure. All right. Uh, up next I mean, is our. Vader, tech- honestly, Vader on promos. I, I would say Vader's a very strong promo. He's you know when, if if you're if you're relying on him to talk you through the match, it's a <laughs> You're you're right. in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. shouldn't be your main goal. No. All right,
0: up next is our tag team title uh, affair between <laughs> Doug Furness and Philip Lafon challenging the British Bulldog the and M- Owen Hart. Most undeserving uh, challengers in uh, tag team. I'll, I'll tell you, my memory told me that like Furnas and Lafon dominated them on TV, and then they rolled into this match. They beat him in Survivor Series, and like yeah. I remember watching the show thinking for sure they're winning the belts. I'm like Bullog and Owen have been at each other's throats. Like Furnace of the Fond are due. They're getting pushed. Like that that was my memory of it. And even that night. So we'll see. Uh another title shot, despite not making any progress. Uh Bulldog and Owen are out with their belts and the slammies. And Clarence Mason is with them tonight. Yeah. We get clips to the Royal Rumble where Owen eliminated the Bulldog. Owen and Furnace start with a series of reversals and control holds, cutting a good pace. Furnace works the arm, tags LaFon, and he and Owen have a flurry of near falls. LaFon works the leg as Ross ponders if Owen's been faking a knee injury these last few weeks. Bullock tags in after an assist from Owen on the apron. He works the back of Lafon. Owen and Bullock start quick tagging, working over Lafon, pushing through a couple of comeback and pin attempts. Owen gets a nice gut wrench suplex for two and a backbreaker for two. The champs continue to work together, focusing on the back. Bullock gets a nice hard clothesline. Uh, Lafon blocks a sharpshooter. Owen goes down on the leg. Ross says the woman who attacked Marlena has been ejected and will be prosecuted. King says Rocky and Hunter are on the superstar line as the champs keep baiting in Furnace to double up on Lafon. Lafon gets a two on an inside cradle. Bulldog and Owen bicker, which allows Lafon to take them out. But Bullog chips Lafon up. Owen hits Bullog with a spin kick by accident. Lafon covers for two, gets a power slam for two. Finally, he makes a tag to Furnace, who cleans house, throws Owen all around the ring. Furnace and Lafon double-team Owen, but he stays alive. Lafon gets an Northern Light suplex uh, for a near fall. Then things continue to break down as the challengers hit a fun double-team flurry. Owen survives, comes back with an Enziguri. Both men crawl, make tags, Bullock comes flying in with a drop kick, hits a pancake and a clothesline. LaFon gets a sunset flip for two, but Owen makes a save, and we get another brawl with all four guys. Bullock and Owen collide again, but Bullock counters a LaFon monkey flip with a hot shot. Owen hits LaFon with a slammy. Bullock gets the power slam, but the referee reveals that he saw what happened and disqualifies the champions for the win for Furnace and LaFon, but not the titles. Bullock and Owen argue after the match. Clarence Mason tries to cool them off. Bullog accidentally breaks the slammy, and Owen is heartbroken. <laughs> He's so mad about this. Uh, but I didn't mean it. Uh, so he feels bad. Uh, Bullog goes at Mason, and they settle things down. so I thought this was fine I mean it had pretty good teamwork I like the heel stuff by the champions I think it's the best Furnace of the Fawn I've looked since the Survivor Series I'll say that Uh, Bullock and Owen are on fire though weaving their issues with the work and the character stuff like they've been really good at that they almost come across as faces in the ring a lot of the time uh, both in this feud and other matches just by the way they're telling the story the finish was clearly weak I guess you can't have Furnace of the Fawn lose again and they did not want to take the belts off Bullock and Owen yet so mainly about pushing the issues with the champs over anything to do with first on Uh So I went three stars. Uh, I thought it was fine, good, even. Just better yeah. than what we have been getting out of them.
1: No, I went three and a quarter. I thought this was a good tag match. This is the first time in a while I thought um, that, uh, you know, we had an overachieve. I, th- I thought Owen was really good. In this match, when we need, they take control over LaFont, the kick he gives is a vicious like kick to the back mm-hmm. that has a lot of sound. Of course there's no crowd heat, so that's that kind of hurts <laughs> yeah. here. So but uh but yeah, I mean the work here was good. Um Clarence Mason, as we talked about, I think we can kind of cut ties with him. I don't know why they don't do uh like a sunny with Farouk type situation where they just right. say like you know, Clarence said he couldn't handle the infighting amongst the guys. He wants to focus on the nation domination, but, you know, blah, blah, blah. It, it feels weird, him out there. Uh, I thought we had good Bulldog tonight. Um, his, mm-hmm. his power moves looked really good. Yeah. Uh, he was funny in the argument after the match. I was hoping he'd call Owen an idiot again. You idiot.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: but uh, but uh, we, did, we did get that. But, uh, but yeah, Bulldog looked really strong. Furnace and Lafine, I don't know. I mean I mean they're just they're just floundering like like it's it's a combination of them not having much charisma. The booking's been terrible. Um and even like this match itself, it's like I mean, I wouldn't say they look bad here. Um in ring, I thought they looked good. Like I thought when Furnace did get the hot tag, he is that, you know, uh belly to belly. I thought Ross, you know, he was trying to put him over, talking about him. Being a football player at Tennessee and then uh, JUCO in Oklahoma and all that, and <laughs> Phil Lafon was born in Paris, France. Like that matters, better. but but anyway, we got some backstory on them. It's just it, I, I I just think like this these this feud is so much more about what's going on with Owen and Bulldog. Yeah, that Furnace and Lafon take a back seat. Yeah, they're sidecar. And then it's like what we talked about. Like if they're this prominent tag team and this other tag team is having so much turmoil and so many problems and yet they still can't get over the hump and win the titles, it's like, all right. They shouldn't
0: have been interacting. They should have beat him in Survivor Series and then Mason should have used his legal Standing to prevent them from getting a title match, like until right. long and when I'm ready. So, you could do Godwin's here, who, who gives a shit? Like, if you want to have a match, right? Um, yeah. A beatable team and, and keep them apart. And Mason's like, oh, you'll get your chance when we're ready. Then you actually put Mason to use. You explain why he's still with them because he's keeping Furnace on the Fawn away. But I think as we see in ECW and we talked about it elsewhere, I think that it's better as heels first in the fall. Like they're better as dismissive, arrogant jerks yeah. that are better than you. Give them a mouthpiece to run, you know, run their mouth. Um like like they would have an ECW later in the year. So like I think I think that is a better fit. Them is, like the workhorse face team that can't get over the hump. The real team that is gonna carry the face size is about a week away from arriving. So for now we're this is kind of in the filler, but
1: and uh i'd be remiss this is kind of infamous match in place to be nation lore as the cowboy goes to class in your house 13 final four nine years ago good lord uh in his what didn't work he only had one bullet point on this whole show british bulldog and owen hart i love both of these guys individually but as tag team champions not so much they fought two nobodies, and their in fighting became the big story of the bout. The whole angle was weak, so there you go. the The infamous uh, two nobodies from
0: you yeah, uh, can roast it for that, but yeah, you know, maybe he's not
1: as wrong as we yeah. thought he was. Well, so. <laughs> you know, it's like a you know a blind squirrel fighting a nut. <laughs> like they they were booked terrible, but you know they weren't they weren't nobodies. Come right, on. right.
0: Well, in the world of Dirty F, there. I I, guess. Presented as such, I so. guess. I
1: guess a Cowboys classroom. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right.
0: Well, we'll see where Bullock and Owen go and Ferris and the Fawn, what they got up, up to after this. So I remember just being real shocked live at the time that Ferris and the Fawn didn't win the belt. <laughs>
1: this is such a funny review. to read. His what worked? His two bullet points for what worked? Leaf Cassidy. So there you go. Goldus and Marlena. This is my favorite incarnation of Goldust, <laughs> and I can't get enough Marlena. I thought Goldus was solid in the six man tag. He didn't tag. He didn't any do anything?
0: <laughs> I, I know what he was. Watching. Not from my vantage point. Oh, oh
1: my lord!
0: Make sure bring that bring that column back. Yeah, uh, yeah. Audio form. <laughs>
1: Some failing homework from the cowboy in the classroom. Yeah.
0: All right. Doc Hendricks is with The Undertaker. He talks about taking back over. Usual taker stuff vows to settle the score yeah. with Vader and take the belt. Uh, Ross and King take us through the journey to Final Four. And then we see King is uh,
1: navigating the Western Union blimp that's floating around the arena. Uh, so there you go. That thing was so, like, uh, in the era before the uh, lighting and the big pillars at mm-hmm. WrestleMania blocking your view. Like, this blimp flying around like it looks like that would be an annoying nuisance. I don't recall I've ever been in an arena with the blimp there. I don't Do know if like it? I don't really been
0: to a lot of house shows during that era, so I don't, I don't remember if they brought yeah. it out for the house shows or not. But um, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. It it's helps like identify you the
1: arena. And this big blimp flying like in your viewpoint. But I think
0: well. it's high enough, maybe, where it's not blocking okay. much. You know, because you're looking well, down. I guess. All right. Final four time. Dirty world titles on the line. Bret Hart, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Undertaker, and Vader. Gorilla's in the ring with the title. Vader's out with Paul Bearer. Ross and King run down the rules, which is, of course, you can be eliminated by pin, submission, or over the top rope, or obviously, I guess there's DQ or count out. So yeah. um, it is elimination style, so it's going to be last man standing. We'll be the world champion. Uh, Vader's pumped. He's throwing stairs around. Austin comes out next. No pop for the glass, by the way. You talked about the crowd. Yeah. Uh, nothing here. It's dead. He emerges focused on the ring. Undertaker gets some buzz, and we get Bret Hart talking to Kevin Kelly really quickly. And then he comes out, and we get going. Uh, we start very quickly with Taker and Vader throwing down. Hart and Austin are slugging away across the ring. Taker gets a flying clothesline for the first big move. He goes over and batters onto Hart and Austin as well. Vader knocks Taker to the floor. He follows out and hammers away, breast controlling Austin. Howard Finkel gets shoved down as Vader grabs his chair but whiffs on a swing. He tries again, but Taker kicks it back into his face. Taker shoots Vader to the steps. Brett's beating on Austin for near falls. Vader's bleeding all over his eye from the chair. Like this is like the most memorable part of this match, I think for most people. And it happens almost immediately. He's bleeding. I mean, we're minutes in and he is gushing. It's pooling under his mask. um, And you can see it building up. And of course, this is one of the more infamous images as well on an early edition of Raw magazine. Vader, bloody Vader. And they have his bloody eye on the cover. It was a pretty famous one. Um, all four guys are back in the ring. They're paired off trading strikes. Austin breaks a Bret Hart sleeper with a jawbreaker. For two, Taker choke slams Vader. Austin, it's an awkward stunner on Taker for two as Vader gets two on Hart. All four guys are getting messy and in a good way. It's a good fight feel. Taker batters Austin as Vader and Bret, Bret slip outside. Vader's eye cut is nasty here as he bashes Brett with a chair. Taker and Austin tumble out. Taker backdrops him on the floor. Back inside, Brett heats up on Vader. Taker comes in and gets two on Brett on a suplex. Vader heads to the floor, rumbles with Austin, but gets spiked into the steps. Austin slams the steps on top of Vader, shoots Vader to the railing, and then he belly flops into the timekeeper table and traps the poor cameraman under him. Him and Austin are just having a wild fight outside. Mm-hmm. Vader's a complete madman. He's pummeling Brett. Taker crotches Austin on the top rope. Vader and Brett fight down the aisle into the crowd. Taker stomping away in the ring. Vader puts Brett and the sharpshooter on the floor, and Austin comes over to stomp on his rival while he's trapped. Vader regroups in the ring as Brett and Taker double-team Austin on the floor. Vader comes over, but Taker jabs him in the eye. Austin rolls inside, gets a Thess press, and pounds on the cut. Blood is pouring everywhere. All four guys are back in, just battering each other with abandon. Vader uh, loads up a moonsault, but comes up empty on Taker to a pop. Vader and Taker go to the floor. Vader chokes him with a cord. Austin tries to eliminate Brett over the top. Vader chokes away as Taker reminds Ross, uh, or uh, Taker as Ross reminds us that the winner of this war has to defend against Sid tomorrow night. Austin rolls Brett up for two, but Brett recovers and punts Vader in the nuts to a big pop. Austin works Taker's leg as Brett heats up on Vader, who's just gushing blood, pooling at his mask still. Austin and Taker get close to eliminating each other, but both hang on. Brett finally fires up, and he eliminates Austin over the top to a pop. Out of nowhere, ends his night. Again, this surprised me very much live at the time, because I felt like he'd be in there at the end. Brett and Vader work Taker's leg and stomp away. They beat on each other. Vader finally uh, takes off the mask as Bearer clocks Taker at the urn. Vader gets a stiff suplex on Brett, goes up top. But Brett slugs him. It's a massive superplex, or big pop. Hooks on the sharpshooter, but Taker breaks it up. For some reason, that didn't make sense to me. Uh, Austin is back out, attacks Brett on the floor as Taker pops up from a Vader bomb, punches Vader in the nuts, and Vader flops over the top to the floor. He's eliminated. Austin's back in the ring. He's beating on Brett until Taker wipes him out, hits a big choke slam on Brett. Taker loads up a tombstone, but Austin pulls Brett's leg, and they collapse to the mat. Taker gets tied up with Austin. Brett rolls him up for two. Taker goes after Austin again, and that allows Brett to clothesline Taker out and win the world title. Uh, so I don't I don't know if Austin's goal here was to have Brett win the belt so he could go after him, or he was trying to help Taker but backfire. It was hard to tell because he breaks uh, up the tombstone. You think he would want him to hit the tombstone? But
1: yeah, I th- I think it's just to be an agent of chaos. I think they yeah, wanted yeah, to go yeah. like he just wanted to get you know after Brett. yeah so,
0: all right yeah. well classic match it's an all-time vader performance that we have i mean it's, it's his best uh he dialed it up he delivered it was a good it was good too i like that they kept all four guys in pretty much to the end we didn't we didn't whittle them down um honestly i, I think the only improvement i could say I would have made is don't make it elimination and no over the top and just have to be a fight to the finish yeah. i think would have been better with all four guys in there at the end um But the the over-the-top did let them protect guys, and it did make sense with the Rumble piece. So I'm I'm okay with it on that regard. Um, Bloody Vader was tremendous, just a wrecking ball. He felt like a star. Honestly, he felt like the star of the match (laughs) beyond everyone else. The crowd was hot. Ross and King were great. Um, Hard-hitting, no bullshit, well-paced, nonstop brutality. I actually thought Austin looked the weakest. I thought he was good, but not great, Um, and then kind of got thrown out as an afterthought. I didn't think he really shined. I was glad he at least led to the finish because I thought in the match, he was completely overshadowed. Um, the crowd was mostly behind taker. I think of all the four uh, yep. good finish with a lot of chaos protects taker for mania keeps Austin hot Brett, you know, he, he's the easiest to win and lose as we'll see. Um, so that's fine. Uh, I went four and a quarter. I, I think it holds up really, really well. Mm-hmm. It's a great dirty if match. It's kind of a, you talk to those pay-per-view feeling like a preview that could have been dropped in the attitude area. And this match is a big part of it. Like this feels absolutely like a match we'd get a year from now. Um, so it's definitely like a precursor
1: of what's to come. Yeah, this is a match I have an interesting, I guess, relationship with where I, at points been lower than I think consensus. And I, I, mean, I may still be, I'm, I'm at four flat. Like I, I really, I think it's great. Um, but uh, like it you know, melts her, Gave it four and a quarter Keller gave it four and a half. So, I mean, this got a monster ratings at the time. Um, I I think, I think it's a very unique match um, that uh, works because all four guys are fighting constantly for the entire duration. Uh, Mostly echo your thoughts with the over the top rope. I I do think that led to a little bit of anti-climatic moments with the eliminations but I don't want to ding it too much because it does make sense psychology wise with the Royal Rumble and also the protection, like you said, like that makes sense because I mean at this point they knew where they were headed to Mania, right? Like we we finally we finally have a roadmap where it's going to be maybe not with Vader, which kind of sucks because he looks the best in this match, but but you know we we know it's going to be Austin Hart and we know it's going to be Taker Sid for the title, so. If all if Hart's winning tonight, you don't want Taker to kind of get pinned clean and mm-hmm. then he kind of you know it's just one of those like was born on third base moments where he kind of lucks into the world title shot somehow at Mania. Um, so so I thought that was good. I do think Austin was better after he was eliminated, like, yeah, you know, for sure, being annoying was really cool. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, you know, Brett, the moment of him doing the promo and walking out was a really cool visual, uh, where the camera follows him through the curtain. Um, but, but to me, this, this match, like this match being great, uh, like, in a year where Austin has a lot of great matches, in a year where Bret has a lot of great matches, in a year where even Undertaker has a lot of great matches, we'll see with, with uh, Sean coming up um, later down the line. And the, Brett. The, yeah, and Bret. What, what makes this match stick out is Vader. Uh, yeah. Vader is someone that, when you look at this match of the four competitors, three out of the four I have in my top 50 all time. Um, and and Vader's probably ranked the highest. Uh, it, but but him and Austin and Brett I have pretty close, like within mm-hmm. probably 10 15 spots of each other. And in WWF, I, I don't think Vader has that like goat classic performance that I can recall, besides this match. Like, yeah. he he has, I mean, he was really good to great. In the Summerslam match, mm-hmm. um,
0: that got fucked by the booking with all the stupid start-stop stuff. So. Got
1: screwed by the booking, but even beyond that, like, I mean, he he was good. Like that certainly wasn't a disappointing performance. I think he was good like, at international
0: like, incident why. too. But beyond that, he has not been presented.
1: But before. um, but but this is like okay, yeah, like this is a Vader performance that if you want to list off his greatest hits and like these are the matches that make Vader one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Like, you throw this on there. Like, he's a menace in this match. He looks tough. He looks, you know, ferocious. He looks resilient with his eye. Um, You think that was a blade job? I know no. there's some, like con- yeah. There's- I don't think so. I, I think I think the chair caught him because
0: you see it happen so fast. Yeah. yeah I think they. I think because I think he kicks the chair the other way right into him. So I think yeah. the edge of the chair must have caught him like right above the eyebrow or something because it, it doesn't look like a blade job.
1: No, it's it, it's funny like Vader because you know he obviously has the famous match with Hanson in yep. Japan with his eye, and now he has this eye situation. Like he's he's got a lot of eye matches. Um, I, I didn't think so either. I just know in the tour they kept calling it a play job, like different reviews. But um, but yeah, I mean this is an all time performance from him. Uh, a lot of nut shots in this match. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a point of emphasis uh, again, getting over the attitude error. Uh, I like that they used weapons that were sensible around the yes. ring. I think that's something that that watching it in 2023's eyes really uh called to me yeah. where you had the chair you know finkel gets moved out of the way he gets crushed like right. like everything makes sense you're not finding the kendo stick under the ring you're oh, not or a ladder or yeah, yeah. It's like it was it was a chair
0: it was the extension
1: cord the steps yeah, like, steps, every, like that was it, everything yeah. is very logical and even some stuff that becomes very tropey later that wasn't up to this point, like tables and God going through the barricade. You know, that's a huge WWE trope now in current day that drives me crazy. Like, like nothing to me felt tropey in this match. Yeah, like yeah. everything felt logical and in the confines of a brawl, and uh, both guys you know, all four guys trying to go after it to uh, win the title. Um So, so, so it, it was a very successful match. I mean, it's, it's a great match. It's, it's, it's kind of a match we needed, like on pay-per-view. We hadn't had, um, you know, I, I, really like. Starcade. This was the last time. Yeah. I mean, I think Starcade has some, uh, great, like low end great, but this is like a main event, like really epic filling match. Mm-hmm. Um, this is up there and this to, to me you can put this in the echelon with uh the matches we watch on the show. Like I'd I'd have it lower than probably all of them, but you know, if you want to put it in the category within your house five, uh the uh good friends, better enemies, and then um the Survivor series, yeah. yeah, Brett Diesel as well. So so this this I think's in that in that canon as right. the uh five or six best wwf matches we've seen in the history of the podcast up to this point
0: and it's a good story too like playing off the rumble and where we're going and it sets up two matches for mania you don't know where the title is going to be which i like it's a little no. confusion like are we yeah. going to get taker sid just non-title is taker gonna do something else is brett austin for the belt like it's believable at this point right 100 percent that brett will just carry this belt to mania and fight austin oh, yeah. um you know, it looks like Sean's on the shelf, but it's only been a few days. We're still digesting that. Is he really gonna
1: miss mania? Like Yeah, they kept and they kept saying he was getting this M R I. So right. that, that's it's 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 honestly a little weird how they kept mentioning that because it almost felt like if you're a long-term fan, like angle alert was going off, like he's going to get this MRI, get the clean bill of health and then be and back. Come fight Brett at mania. Yeah. yeah. Like, like
0: it, it felt like they could be building up another redemption story. for Right. right. Brett. Um, yeah. So, I mean, look, for better or worse, we are now a month out from mania, no more pay-per-views and the card is still completely unpredictable in every way. <laughs> like, you know, you're probably going to get Brett Austin at this point. It's, it's trending that way, yep. but
1: to the veer Yep.
0: But that's it beyond that. I don't think anything else in any way is predictable. Um, at all. So maybe Goldust Hunter, I guess, is probably the only other thing that you could say is looking like it's setting up.
1: Ahmed Farouk. And Ahmed Farouk. Yep. Yep.
0: Um. So yeah, it's it's an interesting time. Um. All right. So that we wrap up. Uh. We're not officially done. yet We have a WrestleMania yeah. ad, and then Sid comes down at the end and stares down Brett So, and they'll set up our next episode, two weeks from today, where we cover Raw uh, the night after. So. Um all right, let's get to our awards, Chad. Uh, we're not doing any combo awards yet. We'll do those when we get to Super Brawl okay. for the month. Uh, but for this night, obviously, the match of the night's very uh clean. so uh, the final four. Yep. Uh for the moment, I, I ended up going with China's debut. Like I I know like Brett winning the belts, the other option, I guess, but um China debut, you talked about it's like a major debut in this run. Um, the catalyst for you know the eventual DX's success. She's such a big part of it. It's a memorable debut. Um so I, I think it's worth the nod.
1: Yeah, I can get on board with that, I think, from historical significance. so Like, little. it means
0: more than this Brett Rain, you know? Yeah, I
1: think in the moment, like, uh, the night of Brett winning, yeah. but, but yeah. I'd put Vader's eye over Brett
0: winning, honestly. Like, I think that's <laughs> way more memorable than the end of the match, is Vader bleeding in the mask. And that, that picture from the Raw magazine is, like, really infamous, yeah. you know? I mean,
1: that's obviously like, like... And when did that magazine actually come out? It's it's quick. I think it's like quick is after it? this. Maybe okay. it's mid the May edition, but it probably came out in like April or whatever.
0: Oh, okay. um, uh, yeah. Yeah, the uh, Vader, Bloody Vader. It's a pretty famous one. So
1: Yeah, it is. It's May, June, 1997. I love the Raw. Good. I was all in a Raw magazine. Oh, I, that. I think that was the first one I actually got uh overall magazine because they'd only had like six or seven up to that point but that i used
0: to get two cool. copies because um i like subscribed and then i won a subscription or something it was something weird like that so i used to get two of them so i'd like rip the covers off the double and like put them up, put them on my wall so i had the vader the bloody vader picture on my wall for a while so
1: i'm still waiting on somebody to just like photo scan all that in the pwi maybe stuff. i'll do it i have them all have come them all. on I have well, all the raw magazines. We definitely need a Google drive of that to drop. Like if, I feel like on footage yeah, listen, when come you come for, for your visit up
0: here next time, we'll we'll go through them all and oh, scan boy. them all in.
1: We'll stay <laughs> up overnight and go through them all. Yeah, sure. Uh MVP I did go Vader
0: here though. I mean yeah. he was the best of the night. He looked awesome. Yep. Um if he was like this his entire run, he'd be one of the best 30 f he'd be on a GWE <laughs> list pretty high if this was his run for two years. Yeah. Um sadly not. Uh although I will say he's his 97 has been better than his 96 for sure. Like we liked him at the Rumble. He beat Brett on, on Thursday, raw Thursday, like he's, you know, uh, or he fought Brett on Thursday, or Thursday, and looked good. So like, he's been, he's been better since joining Paul Bearer and get it rebooted here. Yeah. Uh, debuts is just China. I ended up going with Brett and Sean for dropped angles. I mean, ostensibly we're done with it for a while for now. I guess it does get reignited. So I don't know if that's a, the right thing or not to put it there but this incarnation of it is done for now yeah um and then uh no shots fired uh no please knows so final grade i ended up going six out of six and a half out of ten um i have it right on par with thursday on thursday you know it's a two-hour show and a huge chunk of it is this awesome main event <laughs> so like that carries some weight yeah. we had china's debut was a big deal the rest is kind of whatever but it also was treated as Not a lot of time eating up throughout the show. Um, you know, I liked Rocky Hunter well enough as well. So, uh, and and the tag title match was fine. So I I think six and a half out of 10 feels about it.
1: Yeah. uh, I want six and a half too. Um, I think it's a good show. Um, it's an interesting one where we talked about with these two hour in your houses, like they're very easy watches, yeah. Um, especially if you got the main event. I mean that that is almost like 40, 45 minutes probably all in. Um. So so it's uh, it's, it's, a, it's pretty easy watch even You're looking
0: at an you know, hour fifty, and in one great match. So it's like yeah, these are all these two hour in your houses are always is, is even to the rougher ones where like at least
1: they move along, you know. I feel like this had more potential, um, because some of the other shows that I mentioned that had great matches too, like In Your House 5, or Good Friends, Better Enemies, like the undercards were pretty shaky on those. I I feel like nothing was atrocious on this, and there was actually potential there for this to be like a great show. Yeah, Yeah. it's still good, very good. All right, we'll be back in two weeks uh, with
0: the night after, and of course, it'll be the go home for Super Brawl as well. So, another big night ahead of us. For a lot. It's going to be big from here on out. There's no more nights off <laughs> for us <laughs> going forward. Brawl uh, and Nitro both going to deliver regularly. So, check out everything at North South Connection, uh, both here on YouTube, if you're watching, and also on our audio feed, any podcast or application, you can search North South Connection. Follow us on social media.